What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Badgers. Doing a quick show today because there is a huge basketball game tonight. We got a special guest coming on. We're going to talk Tennessee, talk Badgers, basketball. Let's go. Huge game on Wisconsin. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herring. Thank you for making this one of your first listens every single day. Really do appreciate you. Um, we're just going right on. We're bringing in Ryan Shumpert, covers the Tennessee Volunteers basketball team uh, athletic program. Uh, Ryan, what's going on, man? Where can people find what you got going on? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Ryan. You can uh, find all my work over at RockyTopInsider.com or uh, on X, as you have here up on the screen, rshump zero zero. Let's talk about it. Big game tonight, number nine, Tennessee, coming into Madison. Um, I want to start here. For, for Badger fans that maybe don't watch a lot of SEC basketball, Tennessee volunteer basketball, what is Tennessee basketball this year? Well, I think that's a, the big question is what is Tennessee basketball this year? Because under Rick Barnes, it's been a team that is consistently in the top 25 because they're elite defensively. One of the three, last three years, they've been top five, Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency, but their ceiling's kind of been capped because they've just been so inconsistent on offense. Really, the best offense they've had in the last few years was two years ago uh, with Kennedy Chandler, and that team played really well down the stretch of the season and then lost to Michigan in the round of 32. And then last year, they were, uh, after point guard Zakai Ziegler went down, they were honestly pretty terrible offensively. But they got a big performance from Olivier Kamwa in the round of 32, and they upset Duke and made it in Sweet 16. So, it's been a very defensive first program. Now Rick Barnes and his coaching staff has really made it an emphasis to improve the offense this offseason. They went out and added two offensively-minded transfers. Dalton Connect from Northern Colorado will be one of the best players on this team. And then Jordan Ganey is a shooting guard from USC Upstate. And then uh, Freddie DeLeon, who was the highest-rated recruit in their 2023 recruiting class, ended up uh, reclassifying and early enrolled in January last year, redshirted. He's another offensively-minded Guys, so that's been a huge emphasis. They've been better offensively. They, I think, scored 89 or right around 90 in the exhibition win over Michigan State. Um, but it's kind of a, a little bit of all right. Let's see them do this with some consistency uh, before we buy into this being a more well-rounded team. So I think that's going to be a big question and certainly a tough challenge tonight against a Wisconsin team that's solid defensively. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned you know program built on defensive fundamentals, uh, grinded on mentality, inconsistent offense. Every Badger fan's like, yeah, it's like a mirror. Like, yes, that is who yeah. we are. Uh, no, I, I've done it in some of my writing this week for this game that there's so many similarities, it feels like, between these two teams because just what you said, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of Greg Gard coach teams is very similar to Rick Barnes coach teams. And obviously, you would know better than me, but obviously that Arkansas State game on Monday was super high possession. It seems like that's kind of been an emphasis for Wisconsin. And then both teams returned so much talent from last year. Tennessee added a few more guys in the transfer portal that will play a big role. Uh, but two teams that have a lot of veterans and are kind of trying to find a little more offense and have been successful because of that defense. Well, let me ask you that with the tempo question, because I feel like that's been a bit of a question with Coach Barnes. Is he, is he going to play a little faster, or is that something that, from a philosophical standpoint, it doesn't mesh with his defensive principles in transition or rebounding? I'm really skeptical about it because of, of that exactly. Just because they grind these teams into 25-second possessions so consistently that I don't know how you're able to play fast when you do that. And Barnes, I think his 
outlook on how they do it is the depth on this team is that, all right, I, I don't care that we're playing, that we're grinding teams down. We want to shoot the ball quickly. And when we force turnovers, we want to get out in transition, which they really haven't been great at doing. And he says, we got 10 guys, we can go 10 deep, so we can substitute a lot. And when you're tired from playing fast on offense and working hard on defense, we'll take you out of the game. But that's kind of, to me, I'm in kind of see it to believe the territory. I mean, they've talked about that a lot in the preseason in the past. I've seen more this preseason and through one game to think maybe they will play a little bit faster. But again, I need to see it kind of uh, on a more consistent basis before I, I truly buy into that. Well, and let's talk defensive principles for Tennessee. Um, what What is the the method that Barnes used to control other teams? Is it man? Is it zone mixed in? Again, for people that myself include, just don't watch a lot of volunteer basketball. It's almost exclusively man. You'll occasionally see them uh, work in a zone, especially if they have some people in foul trouble. And that could be a big deal tonight because one of the things is Tennessee playing faster, being more offensive minded. They're playing a lot smaller and they're playing a lot more four guard lineups. They really only have two proven big men, Jonas Adu and Tobey Awaka behind them, a couple freshmen. And foul trouble is kind of a concern for both those guys. So maybe look it out for it that way. But no, really, it's heavy man to man and it's heavy gap principles. Uh, they want to help hard on drives and try to force turnovers that way. So uh, it's a defense that does force a lot of turnovers, but not necessarily in a way that leads to a lot of easy transition baskets. What's the expectation this year? Is it Elite Eight? Where where do people think Tennessee needs to get this year for Rick Barnes to have a successful season? I think Elite Eight would probably be a good point because you know Tennessee's program's only gotten there one time when Bruce Pearl was there. Uh, haven't gotten there since Rick Barnes. They, they have like a amazing one and nine record in sweet 16 games in the program's history which defies all logic uh but no i think that would be a, a point to look at and i think you know winning the sec regular season title would be would be big because this is the team that was picked to do that and obviously the ncaa tournament so unpredictable and rick barnes has had his struggles there so it always kind of feels like a bit to me at this point like espn is all aboard the tennessee hype train i mean three of their four uh, experts had Tennessee making the Final Four. Two of them had Rick Barnes coach of the year. Seth Greenberg at halftime at the Auburn. Uh, Baylor came the other night, picked Tennessee to win the national championship. So expectations are high. Um, I, I think more than anything, people just want to see get to an Elite Eight and then whatever happens there, uh, you'll, you'll roll the balls out and, and see if you can get to the program's first Final Four. I, I want to ping you on some players to watch out for uh, on the Tennessee roster again for players, people who don't watch that program, but I want to start with the, the transfer Dalton connect. Um, he he looks just like an offensive nightmare to guard six, six can shoot, can get to the rim, big transfer y'all. What have you seen so far and what are the expectations for connect? Well, expectations are really high. I mean, Tennessee has just raved about him and when, you know, he committed to Tennessee, and this may sound a little racially insensitive, but you see a six-six white wing from northern Colorado who scored at a high level. He saw the shooting, 38% from three, so that'll carry over. But I don't know about his ability to get to the basket and be athletic and score. That's what's impressed me. I mean, he's been really good. He's been fantastic in transition. I mean, he had that insane dunk that I think most college basketball fans saw in the exhibition game against Michigan State, and he's been better even in half court and getting to the basket and being able to score at all three levels. So he's been really, really impressive. I think, again, kind of like I said, there's been some hesitancy um, from people to buy into him because Rick Barnes has not had a whole lot of success with transfers. The guys he's brought in, especially offensively-minded transfers at Tennessee, have kind of flamed out Justin Powell and Tyreek Key last year. But more than the offense as a whole, I feel pretty confident Dalton Connect's going to be a really good player for him this year. And if not their go-to offensive guy, 
at least the second guy that can kind of supplement Santiago Vescovi and be a pretty consistent scorer game in, game out. Is he a guy that's going to constantly surprise people with how athletic he is? It feels like that's going to be his entire career. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's 100%. I've heard some jokes uh, from Tennessee coaches that had talked to like some Michigan State players after the game. They're like, they couldn't believe how athletic he was. And uh, even, you know, just besides that dunk, he's been really good in transition and being able to score. He's got super long arms and being able to finish at the basket uh, at different different ways has been really impressive to me. And again, kind of like I said earlier, that's something Tennessee's off or Tennessee's really lacked is players that can score in transition and be effective for a team that forces a ton of turnovers. They've never really scored very well in transition. I think even though Dalton Connect's not going to be forcing a lot of those turnovers, defense is kind of the weak spot for him where he's still growing. Uh, I think he gives them an extra element and adds a little more feasibility to wanting to play fast and wanting to run. There's so many parallels with this program, like struggling to find transition scores, inconsistent offense, more athletic than it seems at times. Like I love the parallels here. We're going to come back. I'm going to ask Ryan just a couple keys of the game, what he thinks might happen, another player to watch. But first, we're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show over at Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the fastest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, fastest growing for a reason. You don't have to compete with thousands of people anymore. I'm not smart enough to do that. Some people in our Discord are, but I'm not. I need it simple. I can't compete with all those people. I just need to pick between the numbers and the players, and that's all you have to do on, on prize picks. Pick between two and six players. Are they going to go over under statistical categories? That's it. Plus, it's quick. It's fast. You're in and off the website. Make your picks in under 60 seconds. That's time. That's enough time in a commercial break to do it. Get your popcorn. Make your picks. Get back to the couch. Watch the game. It's simple, fast, secure, easy to use. And with Apple Pay, it makes it incredibly easy to get your payouts. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown college. Use code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks.com slash lockdown college. Use code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode also brought to you by our game changer of the week, John Blackwell Jr. We're going to need that athleticism tonight against Tennessee. The freshman, 6'4, 6'5, we raved about him. Had a great first game. I think that athleticism on the wing against a guy like Connect is going to be huge in this game. Don't be surprised if Blackwell Jr. is guarding him for long stretches of the game. Just like John Blackwell Jr. as the game changer, Athletic Brewing has changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They've, in, they've consistently released incredible varieties of IPA, sours, golden ales, whatever you want. And it doesn't have the alcohol, so you're not getting the hangover. You can use this wherever you want, mowing the lawn, playing Parcheesi, Little beach, little beach volleyball, whatever it is, athleticbrewing.com is here for you. And you can find Athletic in-store, online, and at bars around the country, the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the USA. So get on board. First-time customers use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On At checkout, 15% off athleticbrewing.com. Near beer exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. All right, let's continue this conversation with Ryan. Uh, get him back in. Uh, we talked about Connect. I want to... Who, who's a couple more players on Tennessee that we need to keep an eye out for in this game? Santiago Vescovi has probably been the most consistent offensive player, probably player as a whole for Tennessee. Actually, the last game Santiago Vescovi did not play was when Wisconsin came to Thompson Bowling Arena in the first game of this home-and-home. Home. He had early enrolled. He'd actually arrived in Knoxville. He's from Uruguay. He had arrived in Knoxville like an hour before that game, and he suited up and played the next week. The next game was the RCC opener against LSU. It was his first game, and he's been – a stalwart of the program, a best returning shooter in the SEC, and then also 
has worked himself into incredible shape. He moves without the basketball as well as any player I've ever seen at Tennessee. And he's also made himself a, a really good defender, despite not being an elite athletic guy. So he's going to be a big piece. Um, he kind of had a quiet debut. He did have to go went back. Oh, we lost Ryan. Maybe lost Ryan. Uh, Tyler Lighton, in, in the meantime, well, hopefully Ryan comes back in and says it's the Ryan show. Dylan says Nolan Winter coming out party. Oh, we got you back. I lost you for a second. There you go. Yeah, sorry about that. No Hotel worries. Wi-Fi, probably not great. Uh, but, yeah, Vescovy is super important. And then I'd also just say Zakai Ziegler has been, I think Josiah Jordan-James called him the heart and soul of Tennessee's program. I'm not sure how many minutes you'll see from him. He tore his ACL on the last day of February. He did play 13 minutes in the season opener against Tennessee Tech. Uh, but he'll be on a minute count. But he's another guy that's super important. He sets the tone for Tennessee's defense. And, and in an offense, it has struggled to have dudes that can consistently get to the basket and create. Ziegler's able to do that. So he's a big one. And then, uh, like I kind of mentioned earlier, Jonas Adu, Tobey Awaka, really the only two big men on this team. I think both those guys will be important, especially Awaka, because he's a, a little bit more of an offensive threat uh, in the interior. How, how foul-prone are they? How likely are they to potentially get themselves in trouble? Awaka is pretty likely. I mean, he didn't have a massive role. He played, I think, about 11 minutes a game last year as a freshman, and his best attribute is he's a great rebounder. But because of that, he picks up a lot of fouls on the glass, and he's still adjusting to playing the five spot defensively because that's not something he had to do a lot last year, um, but he will have to do that a lot this season. So I think for him, it is a big concern. Uh, Jonas Adu, lesser, it, it hasn't been – a massive issue for him, but just kind of anytime you go on the road and you guys know as well as I do, college basketball officiating is so inconsistent. You don't know what whistle you're going to get game in, game out. A dude's a really good shot blocker, which puts him in a lot of uh, situations to pick up fouls. So uh, it's more of a problem with a walk-up, but kind of something to watch for for a do. And if those guys do get in foul trouble, it'll be interesting to see whether it's J.P. Estrella or Kate Phillips, both freshmen who are kind of fighting uh, or battling it out to be that third big man for Tennessee this season. Uh, a couple more quick questions, Ryan, and really appreciate the time. I don't want to take all your time here. Uh, so Kai Ziegler, how, what did he look like physically coming off that ACL? Does he look like he's all the way back? He looks pretty good. I think some of it, you know, we get to watch a lot of practice, which is nice. And he's real. I was surprised he didn't play in the exhibition game just because of how much he'd been doing in practice and getting up and down. And there was no noticeable difference. I think that was a, a big concern just because you're talking about a 5'9 guard who his best attribute is his quickness. And then against Tennessee Tech in the season opener, Tennessee Tech ran zone the entire game. So he wasn't able to kind of get in those dribble drive situations that he's been so effective in. But he looked good. He had five assists, no turnovers in that game. Rick Barnsley said, hey, that's a great place to start. Uh, I think it's still a little bit of need to see more of it to be 100%. All right, this is the exact same guy, but I haven't seen anything noticeable to make me think that this is going to be a different player than who he was before the ACL injury. Uh, this one's from Bo Dragon, who we love Bo Dragon, but he can be a little salty sometimes. Uh, we could win. Tennessee is one of the most overrated programs in football basketball history. Ryan, buy or sell that? <laughs> well, I mean, the football program, maybe, because I, some of the people – We'll say it's a blue blood, and obviously before last year, they've been pretty bad for about 15 years. I don't really know basketball. I don't really think anybody hypes up Tennessee basketball that much. I mean, it's they've been a top 25 program under Barnes. I think if anyone's maybe trying to claim their top 10, uh, they're overrating them, but I don't really see that a ton. Uh, it's been a pretty uh, – actually, the funny stat with Tennessee basketball, they the last 
four coaches. No, I guess four of the last five coaches have all made a sweet 16. And Rick Barnes is the longest tenured one in nine years. So they've had a bunch of dudes have moderate success, but not be able to really take the program over to hump. Uh, so I think Tennessee basketball program is kind of interesting, but I don't really see a lot of people rating him high enough to be truly overrated. Barnes has been really good. I like Barnes a lot as a coach. Um, two more quick questions. This is uh, from Robert Sorensen. He wants to know, do people named Ryan hate people named Brian? <laughs> no, no hate, but maybe some saltiness because that's always the first question. If you're, so you say your name's Ryan. Is it Brian with a B or with an R? So the worst yeah, is no hate, but some saltiness, maybe. For sure. Uh, last question here. Again, Ryan, thank you so much for the time. This has been great. Uh, just how do you see the game playing out tonight? What is your feel on this? It's, I feel like it's going to be a really tight game, man. I honestly don't have a great feel for it. One of the things that's stood out to me with this game is uh, I feel like oh, always what I do before, you know, lines in college basketball come out, what, 24 hours before the game. It's not like college football where you have them a full week. I always go look at the Ken Palm projected score because that's usually within a point of what the the Vegas line is going to be. And that's kind of surprising because Wisconsin is minus two, according to Ken Palmer. Ken Palmer predicts a two-point Wisconsin win. Uh, and Tennessee's two-point favorite. So that, that's kind of surprised me. I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, I picked Tennessee to win, I think, 73 to 69. I think playing on the road at Michigan State in the Breslin Center at a full crowd will, sure. in the exhibition game will really help out this team in this game. But, again, it's kind of a toss-up. I can see going either way. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think ESPN has it at about 52% in their predictive ranking at Wisconsin wins. So, in other words, a coin toss, right? That's, that's statistical noise. I think it's going to be a great game. I really look forward to it. I think Badger fans are excited about it. And Tennessee is a, a great program coming up. So, people are very excited about that as well. Uh, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Any last words? It looks like you're about to say something there. No, I was just going to say, uh, glad we finally got the return trip uh, of the home and home that COVID, I think, canceled the original one. So should be a fun game. I'm excited to see the Cole Center tonight. First time up in Madison. Should uh, should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Excellent, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show for sure. Go check out his uh, Ryan's Twitter. It's on the show. If you're listening on the podcast, it's R-S-C-H-U-M-P-0-0. Um, enjoy Madison, my friend. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. Appreciate you having me on course on wisconsin and we'll talk later see you